0: So now please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Greetings and welcome to Faith Moments, a weekly podcast where we proclaim and ponder the Sunday Mass readings. I'm Dina Marie, and it's great to have you joining us. Whether you're listening on a podcast, on the YouTube broadcast, wherever you're tuning in, hopefully the Hail Mary Media app, which is a great app to access. Podcasts like this, many podcasts that are produced locally within the Archdiocese of Portland and Oregon. It is a free download, so I'd encourage you during this time of November to download that Hail Mary media app. You can follow some great Catholic podcasts on a regular basis. And during this time of prayer for our deceased and our loved ones who have gone before us, there's some wonderful prayers that you're going to find on that Hail Mary media app to help you in Praying for the dead. And I want to start. I've got this book that I've been going through day by day. It's called 30 Day Devotions for the Holy Souls. It's a small booklet, there's about two to three little pages per day, and you go through 30 days of reading. It's written by the author Susan DeSony, T-A-S-S-O-N-E. She's written several books on purgatory and particularly on prayer, the rosary and purgatory, divine mercy. This is what I'm finding, and I'm not all the way through the book yet. I'm just on about day 18, but I've been as preparing for the Feast of All Saints and All Souls in November, I remembered I had this book, it was tucked away, and there's a little reflection, there's a scripture, there's a... uh, a reflection, particularly on the souls in purgatory. And so as we start with our readings today, which will be on the 31st Sunday in Ordinary Time, November 5th, year A, I wanted to just read with you one of the reflections on the souls in purgatory and the prayer that is the daily prayer that we pray in this particular series of, of daily meditations, and i think it's just for me it's been a beautiful way for me to continue to remember not only my loved ones my ancestors who have died before me but all those i mean think about the thousands and thousands of years before you were born people lived and people died this is this is what we have in common is we will die but there is a great quote that is in this meditation that I wanted to share with you from blessed Pope John the 23rd. Now he is Saint John the 23rd, Pope John the 23rd. And he said this, our dead are among the invisible, not among the absent. And that could be such a problem for us to think that once a loved one has died, once someone has died that they're absent, they're gone, that's it. They're in the ground, they're disintegrated. No, they're invisible. Their souls live on forever. And if they're on the road to heaven, which that first stop for many is purgatory, a a period of purification, we're on that road to heaven together. However, at the last day, at the last breath, there's that judgment And then there's the option of heaven or hell. If you're on the road to heaven, purgatory may be one step along the way to purify that soul to be prepared to experience the glory of heaven. So here is a beautiful reflection that gets us to think more about the souls who are waiting to enter heaven. And they're still not purified enough to experience. Because if you can imagine, and, and we can't imagine, we've had so many descriptions of heaven. They come from the scriptures. What would What is heaven like? But there's such a, a purity, a glory, alleluia, holy, 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 that we have to be ready. Our souls have to be 100% ready. We can't have a, a, a stitch of stain of sin, attachment to anything worldly before we enter heaven. So there is going to be some sort of a process. What is that process going to be? Well, there are souls in purgatory. And so here's a great way to think about how could I, living today, help those souls? Some of them are my own family members from generations before me, and some are strangers that need my help. Here's a great reflection. If only the dead could speak from their graves, they would cry out and say, all these monuments and this worldly pageantry only crush us. They only satisfy the vanity of the living, but in no way alleviate our sufferings in purgatory. They would ask, give us your feet by going to hear mass for us. Give us your eyes by watching for opportunities to perform good deeds for us. Give us your hands by giving alms or an offering for a mass. Give us your lips by praying for us. Give us your tongue by encouraging others to be charitable to us. Give us your memory by remembering us in your devotions. Give us your body by offering up to God all its labors, fatigues, and penances for us. These are the words of the holy souls, the holy souls of purgatory that know they can't do anything to merit their progression to heaven. But they are calling down upon us, the living here on this earth, to give us their feet their eyes, their hands, our eyes, our hands, our lips, our tongue, our memory, our body for them and for their needs. And they in turn will pray for us. It's such a beautiful reflection and we need to remember this. And during the entire month of November, the church really in her wisdom reminds us of the the eternal value of offering masses, of praying, of offering these sacrifices, of giving alms on behalf of the greatest needs of the poor souls in purgatory. I want to open with this beautiful prayer for the poor souls in purgatory. Let us pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Graciously hear, O God, the fervent prayers we offer Thee, For the suffering souls in purgatory, who, not having satisfied thy justice, confide in thy infinite mercy and our intercessions, extend unto them thy consolations, and redeem them through Christ our Lord. Amen. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them. May they rest in peace. Amen our dead are among the invisible, not among the absent. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I just wanted to open with that reflection on the Holy Souls, a way for us not to just only have the feast of and this the commemoration of the Holy Souls one day, November 2nd, but every day we remember them in our prayers at mass, in our rosaries, in our chaplet of divine mercies, in the ways in which we give and serve. And we're going to hear, there's going to be this theme really that comes from great leaders serve first. And that's what we're called to be as a great leader and a great leader in heaven is one that has given everything for others. Let's begin today on this 31st Sunday in ordinary time with the collect prayer. And again, listen to the collect prayer as it invites us into reflecting upon the Word of God. And so we can prepare our hearts and minds fully to receive the Holy Eucharist. Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, by whose gift your faithful offer you right and praiseworthy service. Grant, we pray, that we may hasten without stumbling to receive the things you have promised through our Lord Jesus Christ, your son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. And I just want to point out one thing as I, as I pray this prayer and we look at the words, and again, remember these are uh, translations. And so sometimes we have this English, but I love this, this sentence that we may hasten. We may just go immediately without stumbling, that there's this intensity, there's this fervor that we move. Why? To receive the things you have promised. We're asking almighty God who has given us eternal life, the promise that we will hasten without stumbling. Will you hasten without stumbling? Which means keep going, keep going, keep on the path, keep going forward to receive the things the Lord has promised. That's a faithful servant. Let's listen to the first reading. This is a little bit of a harsh reading, but if you read the whole first chapter of Malachi, but there's a real point and a focus in these readings that really tie them all in today. Our first reading is a reading from Malachi. A great king am I, says the Lord of hosts, and my name will be feared among the nations. And now, O priests, this commandment is for you. If you do not listen, if you do not lay it to heart, to give glory to my name, says the Lord of hosts, I will send a curse upon you, and of your blessing I will make a curse. You have turned aside from the way and have caused many to falter by your instruction. You have made void the covenant of Levi, says the Lord of hosts. I, therefore, have made you contemptible and base before all the people, since you do not keep my ways, but show partiality in your decisions. Have we not all the one Father? Has not the one God created us? Why, then, do we break faith with one another, violating the covenant of our fathers? The Word of the Lord. The Responsorial Psalm, Psalm 131. In you, Lord, I have found my peace. O Lord, my heart is not proud, nor are my eyes haughty. I busy not myself with great things, nor with things too sublime for me. In you, Lord, I have found my peace. Nay, rather, I have stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child, Like a weaned child on its mother's lap, so is my soul within me. In you, Lord, I have found my peace. O Israel, hope in the Lord, both now and forever. In you, Lord, I have found my peace. Our second reading is the first letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. Brothers and sisters, We were gentle among you, as a nursing mother cares for her children. With such affection for you, we determined to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our very selves as well, so dearly beloved had you become to us. You recall, brothers and sisters, our toil and drudgery, working night and day in order not to burden any of you, we proclaim to you the gospel of God. And for this reason, we too give thanks to God unceasingly that in receiving the word of God from hearing us, you received not a human word, but as it truly is the word of God, which is now at work in you who believe the word of the Lord. Our gospel reading is the gospel according to the book of Matthew, Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples saying the scribes and the Pharisees have taken their seat on the chair of Moses. Therefore do and observe all things whatsoever they tell you, but do not follow their example for they preach, but they do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to carry and lay them on people's shoulders but they will not lift a finger to move them. All their works are performed to be seen. They widen their phylacteries and lengthen their tassels. They love places of honor at banquets, seats of honor in synagogues, greetings in marketplaces, and the salutation, Rabbi. As for you, do not be called Rabbi. You have but one teacher, and you are all brothers. Call no one on earth your father, you have but one father in heaven. Do not be called master, you have but one master, the Christ. The greatest among you must be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, as I was looking at the threads between these readings from Malachi and the Old Testament, we always hear this psalm that, that calls to the heart. It's, it's a, a lot of times just the reflection of the human heart desiring and seeking a relationship with God and that relationship back and forth between our hearts, between God's desire for us and our response to that desire is our prayer. The Psalms are really these beautiful prayers of the people. And then we have another writing from St. Paul to the Thessalonians. In the the reading of Malachi, Malachi is this prophet talking to the leaders. And this particularly is saying, I'm talking to the priests. And there is a recognition that the priests in this time of the writing of this letter— we're not obeying the laws of God and were not following the commandments properly. And the Lord recognized this. And so there's a recognition that when the leaders, whether it's the leaders of the church or anyone in a leadership position, is misusing their position of leadership over others. Lording over others, taking their position and using it for their own betterment rather than the betterment of all the people, there are consequences. And since you do not keep my ways, it says in this writing of Malachi, but show partiality in your decisions, I'll give you pardon, but not you. There's some There's things that are not fair in the way that you are treating the people. Well, if you pay me a little bit more, I'll treat you better than I treat this person over here because they're poor. Uh, The widows and the orphans can be put aside on the margins and not be taken with dignity and respect. And so the Lord is letting the leaders know that there will be a consequence at the hands of their misuse of the leadership that they've been given. And so while they may talk about the laws and how to do things properly, how is it that they're living that out? Why then do we break faith with one another, violating the covenant of our fathers? So the, the Lord is really putting it a question, you're, you're violating some of the basic ways that we worship, that we do things, and there will be a consequence for that that heart that is turned towards self and not towards the Lord and his law of love. In the Psalm, Psalm 131, it reminds us that it is in the Lord where we find our peace. We can certainly look into the world, whether it's through the headlines, through our global wars that are currently going on, the constant war of of the violence whether it's human trafficking, whether it's the poverty, whether it's the homelessness, whether it's domestic violence, all of these different ways in which we are are killing one another, literally, and dehumanizing one another. And yet the peace comes from the Lord. And when we find that peace, and if we can reflect that peace, that that reflection of that peace, that true peace of God can begin to impact the world around us. And so our hope, as the Psalm says, O Israel, hope in the Lord now and forever, to stay constant in your hope. The Lord. There's in both the psalm and the second reading from Thessalonians today, there's this reflection of a little child being weaned by its mother on his lap or her lap. Like a weaned child on its mother's lap, so is my soul within me. What a tender, what a what a generous, what just a calming vision that is. And and Saint Paul says the same thing we were gentle among you as St. Paul and his companions were helping to teach and proclaim the gospel, in this case, to the Thessalonians. He explains it and describes it like, We're like nursing mothers caring for the children, trying to be as careful and as focused on the needs of that child, the needs of the people, not the needs that they had to to be recognized, to be treated well, to be fed, to be provided hospitality. They weren't worried about what they were going to get out of the deal. As leaders going out and proclaiming the good news, they were looking at that child. They were looking at the community they were serving just as a mother cares for her child. With that type of tenderness, with that type of care and gentleness, gentle spirit is how the leaders of the church, the leaders of the world should behave. And we just hear this, this heart of Paul, their motivation, we talked about that last week, you know, what motivates you to take action. Their motivation was not to get all of this um, recognition and the heralds to be on Paul. In fact, whenever that happened, they would be, no, 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 it's not us. It's Jesus Christ. Always go back to Jesus Christ so that he's even saying here, it's not the human word that you hear when we share Jesus Christ, the Christ with you, it is the word of God that always as a leader, you go back to the message. I'm just a messenger. I am here to proclaim and to share the message of God, which is it now, which is now at work in you who believe. So for those who believe, they take on that word and then they start to live that word out. But as we look into the gospel reading of Matthew, we've been hearing the last several weeks in the gospel reading, Jesus has been talking and addressing these questions and these criticisms of the Pharisees and the Herodians and the Sadducees that keep asking him questions. What about this? What about this? Well, now this week, we're having Jesus take time to address the crowds and using those Pharisees and those uh, scribes as the example and he says they do have a seat on the chair of moses they do have a leadership position and they are there to kind of enforce and to inform the law of the time of moses the law of god This is how we worship. This is how we do things. Sort of like the catechism of the Catholic Church today. These are the boundaries in which we recognize and honor God. Therefore, Jesus says, do observe what they are telling you, but don't follow their example because they are taking it too far and now they're not becoming servant leaders, but are actually lording over their leadership, over their subjects. And they're taking advantage of the leadership position that they've been given. It's a position that's given by God that is to be a position of utmost humility and humiliation, really. To be a true servant leader is to be one that is completely humiliated, that has a complete sense of humbleness in their life, the virtues of the life. And so we don't call one another rabbi. See, people might get confused with, I can't even call my birth father, father. Jesus isn't talking about that. He's talking about this title and recognition that you look at somebody greater than God, you call them rabbi and say, oh, you're the one who knows all of this. No, you only have one father in heaven, God, our father in heaven. And there are leaders amongst us Our priests today, our priests and our bishops, the teachers in the church that have that position to help guide us, instruct us. Their goal is to help us have a stronger relationship with God, to get to know who God is, to have a relationship with God. And that develops a a, a life of prayer, a, a sacramental life that we have. But those leaders are not to be looked at and put on a pedestal. And the leaders who truly, I think of like a Pope, St. John Paul II, who truly saw his position of leadership as a way in which to guide the people to Jesus. Let me get out of the way, but I have a venue, leadership in leadership. We've been given a position of influence over a group of people. It could be a large group of people. It could be a small group of people or anywhere in between. But how is your heart motivated? Are you motivated because you want to get even a better leadership position and you want to be recognized and put on monuments and you want to be put on the pedestals and have statues made of you? No, it's so that there will be more souls in heaven. And that's through our acts of humility and penance and prayer. Thus, Jesus says, the greatest among you must be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself... The leaders who humble themselves are the ones who will be exalted. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Have a very blessed week. And remember the the poor souls in purgatory. Remember that all the angels and the saints are praying for you. So let's pray for them and ask them to pray for us in our greatest needs. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week.